Okay, I think, yeah. Okay. We're going? Yeah, we're good. Woo. We're good, yeah. Should old acquaintance be <laughs> forgot and never brought to mind? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I'm off key. Oh, I, I know that I... <laughs> I sound like a drunken idiot, and I, I've not had a thing to drink, so. People aren't drunk enough. <laughs> that's yeah, that's probably it right have, there. Have another glass, have another glass. Oh, God. Another song. smarter the more you drink. <laughs> have another glass. Bottle of wine, fruit of the vine. Please don't let me get sober. Leave me alone. Let me go home. Let me go on and start over. Jimmy Buffett, isn't it? <laughs> no, 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 it's somebody else. But he he could get away with it. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah. Know, Sure, he could absolutely get away with it. Okay. Is it that long enough for Mike Chuck? I think so, yeah. That should do it. Uh, let's works. see. Just it's, it's Happy New Year, everybody. Hey. This is Couch and Coffee Table. I'm Michael Perry. I'm Heather Perry. And we're here and we're talking about a little bit, or probably a lot, probably. <laughs> Sorry. It's us. <laughs> Hello. We're gonna be talking about New Year's Eve movies and stuff like that that we we enjoy. And a lot of these aren't really so much traditional movies about new year's eve they're just things we enjoy on new year's eve and a lot of that i guess really just depends on your own personal preference um a lot of times i think a lot of people end up watching new year's eve movies or just movies on new year's eve because they they're so drunk that they don't want to get out it's too late <laughs> in the evening um or quite the opposite may not have been able to find a get together in time or they just didn't want to deal with people which mm -hmm. i think is a lot of what we've probably seen in the last year or so is just uh everybody's getting to be anti-people to a certain degree and so you really don't want to mess with a lot of them but you want to be able to sit at home and maybe watch tv and just laugh at the world outside well it's what we talked a little bit about christmas too there are films that People consider Christmas movies that take place on Christmas, but they may not have what's widely come to be viewed as Christmas themes. This is true, yeah. So there's a couple of films I want to talk about tonight, particularly that are not set around New Year's, but are absolutely New Year's Eve films for me um, for a variety of reasons. Oh, go ahead. Have... Fire away. Oh, fire the, away. The, the classic, the classic for me. So growing up. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Growing up. Uh, my parents would allow us to stay awake and they would put in the movie, The Great Race, um, with Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon and Natalie Wood and a number of other fabulous people. Um, Peter Falk, of course. Yeah, Peter Falk. Peter Falk, a young Peter Falk. I was trying is... to whisper without the mic picking me up. That's okay. The mic might be super sensitive. Well, then so. the, the guy who played Artemis... Um, in Wild Wild West. Ross Martin. Ross Martin. Everybody's in it. It's a it's a really good film. Um, it's by Blake Edwards. It's 
a comedy, it's a farce, it, it's three hours. There's an intermission. So they, they started this thing up at nine o'clock and they knew we would just be occupied with it for three hours. Um, this was something we watched every year when I was a kid. So it is, it is very much a, a film I think of on New Year's. We don't always run it here because, you know, maybe we have a few other things to do for three hours, but it's, uh, it's still a favorite. It's, um, it's weathered pretty well. I mean, it's, it's a period piece. I think so. I think so. I think so. it's fun. I think it's still, it's still rather fun. I, I don't know mm -hmm. how much it would appeal to younger generation, right. but <laughs> it does very much have a, a live action Looney Tunes feel to it right down yes. to the sound effects. Yes. Good, good description for that, actually. Live action Looney Tunes. It's kind of what I felt whenever yeah. I was watching it the first time, because a lot of the sound effects mm -hmm. and a lot of stuff they would use in Foley, I'd sit there and say, okay, yeah. that's, that's Bugs Bunny. Yeah. I know that sound because I heard that sound growing up every Saturday yeah. morning. Yeah. That's a good, that's a, then that's a very astute observation. I do not know if a modern, uh, modern kid would really get into it or not, but you know, it's a good film. It's probably out there. I don't know if you can find it on YouTube, but maybe you can. It's it's worth a look. Could I think. be at the library. Oh yeah. <laughs> if not, it's one that probably wouldn't hurt any library to own because yeah. of the people in it. It's it's a classic. It's got classic and classical actors and actresses oh. in oh. in it. If if you love old Hollywood and everything. Mm -hmm. I also want to backtrack just for a second and say definition of old Hollywood differs per generation. Mm, so point. very good point. Yeah. Sixties, fifties, sixties and seventies Hollywood. Yeah. This, this would be appealing. It was done in the, when was it done? Fifties, sixties? I want to say early sixties. Okay. I can't, I can't quite remember. We, I, I want to say, a... but I, you know, we didn't have trouble picking it up. Uh, uh, the film, the DVD, it's out. Uh, Michael is looking it up while we were recording. So that's yeah. There's nothing to do with New Year's. It's about a great race, New York to Paris, and we, my siblings and I recreated this with our toys. 1965. Hey, for years, many a piece of cardboard was sacrificed to make <laughs> the motor car to take our toys. From New York to Paris, so that's that's a big one for me. Um, there was the usual round of Rankin and Bass through my childhood. So, yeah, yeah. But the the New Year's one with a baby New Year is just, I mean, it's a baby in a top hat. It's, it's it was never as appealing as Rudolph, and you know now I, I struggle with Rudolph. So I've not actually seen it. I think Yukon Cornelius makes a reprise, but I can't recall. He might. It's been so uh, long since I've seen it. Rudolph, Shiny New Year. Uh, yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. And uh, so Yukon Cornelius might make an appearance. I I honestly have not seen it in so long. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Red Skelton is the one who plays, I think, Father Time oh, in it. Oh, goodness. And so they, they rope Red Skelton into it. Rankin and Bass was really good about taking a lot of celebrities of the day of the 60s and everything yeah. and incorporating the man be it fred astaire for uh santa claus is coming to town or burl ives for rudolph mm, yeah jimmy durandy for the original frosty the snowman you know yeah or its subsequent 
sequel, which was Frosty's Winter Wonderland, which they got Andy Griffith for, which they probably mm. were patting themselves on the back all over over that one. Well, Mickey Rooney was in one of those. Us. Santa. Oh, no. Yes. Santa. He, uh, the Year Without Santa Claus, which introduced yeah. the Miser Brothers. Oh, yes. Yes. I was, I was watching something about that. Um, there's, a, there's another uh, YouTube blog, actually. It's called Cinema Sins, and I, I happen to enjoy it quite a bit. Um, usually they do something like everything wrong with yeah, whatever movie in this many minutes. And then it's got spoilers. Uh, so I, I enjoy a lot of the takes that that channel does. I don't know if it's one person or more than one person, but yeah, it's... it seems like the same narrator. Mm -hmm. So uh, whoever that is, you're doing a good job and I enjoy your content. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good. <laughs> I have most... liked and subscribed. <laughs> yeah. The most telling thing about that particular channel is a lot of times I look at it and go, He's not wrong. Right, right. He's the, not wrong. The one thing I really would disagree with him with is that when he reviewed The Shining, he really had, uh, uh, really want to be crude about that. He really likes Stanley Kubrick, and I don't. Yeah. So uh, I like The Shining film. I like that particular interpretation, mainly for Jack Nicholson, because... Yeah. Jack Nicholson yeah. being Jack Nicholson all over the place. Yeah. Um, but, and there's some truly creepy elements in the film, although the blood elevator is, is a favorite, but uh, you know, I, I, we've talked about the shining before, just source material versus Kubrick's film. Yeah. I don't want to get into that right now, but yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm not that fond of Kubrick as a director. So uh, that was my one sour note in I don't know, months of watching this YouTube channel. Anyway. Yeah. New Year's Eve films. What was your other one? I thought you said you had two. Oh, no. Mainly just The Great, Great Race. Race. Yeah, okay. there aren't too many others that I really insist on seeing. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm i pretty low-key about content um, when we're deciding to watch films. Michael kind of has the point on that most of the times. And <laughs> uh, happily, he doesn't find that a, a burden when uh, we decide to watch films, he's usually got something in mind or he's heard of the thing I have just found or heard of or had a whim to see. So I have a very easy life in that regard. <laughs> I do consider it a challenge because <laughs> I, I want to make sure that it's something that you'll like. And I've had a lot of misses where Not as many, honestly, Oh, for me, I usually I can look over about halfway through and tell whether or not you're you're really into this or not. If you give me a look like you have just eaten durian fruit. It's true. I did not like the Pink Panther special. I'm sorry. And that's okay. It's it was a Christmas special. I'd never seen it before. And it, it's Pink Christmas, animated yeah. Pink Panther. I like the <clears throat> Pink Panther cartoons. They're, they're I something I, I've always enjoyed. <clears throat> I got a chance to see a handful of them. They'd run them in the movie theater way back when, whenever I was a wee little kid. And so I always, I always enjoyed, I always enjoyed that Panther. And so, but you know, I've always been a fan of Bugs Bunny and several other 
things, both Looney Tunes, Hanna-Barbera, all kinds of stuff. Just Quotable quotes. I always enjoyed that, Panther. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's good. Oh, you like that, huh? I do. <laughs> I always enjoyed that, Panther. <laughs> it's I just, did, it's just strange enough. To be, like, if you found it on a t-shirt, it would, you have to buy the t-shirt. Like, I don't even know have what this means. But have to is... have the pink panther on it just simply says i always enjoyed this panther i don't know i don't know i i like it a little more cryptic honestly. i always enjoyed that panther yes no context <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> like what do i ask do i not i don't know i'm confused for um, a while um for a while i ran a uh film that on New Year's Eve, that was it had New Year's Eve elements that it took place on New Year's Eve, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a New Year's Eve movie. And it was a lot of fun. And it was the original Ocean's Eleven. Yes, you introduced that film to me. Yeah, I've never seen it before. It's it's a fun film. The Rat Pack. You know, you got Frank Dean and Sammy, Peter and Joey. You got you got the whole crew in. To rob the casinos of Vegas, and on on the surface, I honestly, when hearing about this and then seeing it as it's unfolding, I'm sitting there going, "Yeah, I'd want to be on this crew." Oh my goodness! <laughs> yes, I'd want to be on this crew. I don't know what I'd be doing, but I'd want to be on this crew. Absolutely, want to be on this. Crew. Cesar Romero is in it too. Yes, Cesar Romero is in it. Um, Red Skelton, yes, with his mustache. <laughs> it's never goes anywhere without it yeah red skelton, is red skelton makes a cameo is he the, it's he in the teller booth he is trying to cash a check and he's playing himself uh, and the teller's sitting there going i remember what you told me last time mr skelton that if i cash any more of your checks you break my arm oh that's just i'm i wasn't in my right mind when i was saying that here just go ahead and cash it you know and the fact that he's standing next to Sinatra and everything and then looks at Sinatra and says, can you believe this? They're acting like we're going to heist the joint. <laughs> and Frank's sitting there shaking his head going, no, no, I, I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Bite your tongue, sir. Bite your tongue. Pretty much. Good film. Yeah. it's It's got a lot of other really good character actors in it as well, which sadly I cannot bring to mind right now. But it's a good film. It's it's well done. It's well acted. There's Shirley MacLaine is in it, but Shirley MacLaine, excuse me, Shirley MacLaine. I'm tripping over my own tongue, folks. Sorry. <laughs> Shirley MacLaine seems to show up with really good buddy-like films. I say this mentioning that she was in, I believe, Cannonball Run Two, oh. also with Dean and Sammy. Really? Yeah. Cannonball. Yeah, Cannonball Run 2. In it, she was dressed as a nun. <laughs> yeah, I thought that would get a laugh. <laughs> Dom DeLuise and, and Burt Reynolds? Yeah, Back yeah. And Jamie Farr. Jamie Farr. Yeah, yeah, Jamie Farr's in it. Uh, the funny part about Cannonball Run 2 is the fact that um, Ricardo Montalban is in it, and he plays Jamie Farr's father. Right. Ricardo Montalban is amazing. I do adore him. Not as much as Boris Karloff, but that's hard to do. Ricardo is old school Latin cool, okay? 
Yes. I mean, he just, yes, he's, he's old school Latin cool. He's amazing. He is amazing. The world is poorer with his loss. I know. And just, he, he definitely. Absolute Titan. Yeah. He will always be Mr. Rourke to me, but <laughs> a lot of it, it has to do with yeah, yeah. when I was born and what I was, what, yeah. what was on whenever I was yeah. a little kid. So yeah, to me, I, I don't think about the Esther Williams movies. Oh, goodness. Yeah, we were just he did, watching those recently. Yeah, I don't think about any of that because for yeah. me, I look at him and if I see him in a white suit, I instantly would look at him and say, Mr. Rourke, you know. Well, I mean, I, I grew up watching Fantasy Island too, but God! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is amazing in that film. He makes it. I mean, I, I love Star Trek. Don't get me wrong. It's the original series. Yeah, I love the next generation. I haven't yeah. seen a lot of Voyager or uh, Deep Space Nine, but or really not too much of the most recent stuff. I've watched a little bit of um, Discovery. Is it Star Trek Discovery with you? Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, a little bit uh, of Picard, but not much. I haven't seen as much of Enterprise. Is yeah, what I'd like. Well, almost none. Nothing of Enterprise. Um, I've seen a handful of episodes of Voyager a long time back because yeah. I have a friend who's a huge fan. Right, of right. Voyager, but it's been long enough that I probably could look at it again with fresh eyes because yeah. it's been so long. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like a lot of it from what I saw. I had a friend also who was really into it. Oh goodness! But New Year's Eve films. Oh, what the only you... other thing I was going to say oh, uh, concerning Star Trek before I jump off is with Star Trek to Wrath of Khan. One of mm -hmm. the things that I found very interesting that both William Shatner and Ricardo Montalban both said ah. was that they wished there had been some face-to-face -face between Kirk and Khan. Yeah, there really should have been. There really, I mean, the editing sliced the film together so that you almost had that with them on the on the ships or on ship to surface, but yeah. you didn't have them in the same, in the yeah. same room, essentially. Yeah. And you really, I mean, in the original series, they have so many scenes together. Yeah. In when which, he survived. And you just, you get that beautiful interplay. Yeah. And uh, both of them bring their acting chops absolutely. to it. And I it's mean, just, it's incredible to watch the two of them together because they, they really. Yeah. Well, I mean, Montalban as Khan has the poise of a flamenco dancer <laughs> half the time. I mean, he's, he's yeah. regal and he's, he's balanced and he's amazing. Yeah. And you would expect that from Khan because oh. Montalban gives Khan the walk of a king. Absolutely. Well, it, easiest thing in the world to understand why Ensign, what's her name leaves with him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, of course she'd leave with him. Good Lord. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. I will. I will. Yes. Let's yeah. go. Let's go homesteading. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um, I, that would be, that would have been really amazing to see on screen, that kind of interaction between the two of them. Yeah. It's it a bad directing decision. Well, I wouldn't say so much directing, but I feel like that there was more that the writers mm. somehow could have made that possible right. so that they had their moment. I'm not going to blame uh, the director of Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan, for it, because he really, every time he's shown up for Star Trek, it's been memorable. Okay. <clears throat> well, that is good, sir. Excuse me. That Pardon is considered. No, I'm, I'm the one. I'm, yeah. I'm clearing my throat and just. Um, I'm, yeah. <laughs> 
Yay, sound sound quality. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Uh, it is where, something to consider, though. Where yes. was I going? It was mid-sentence. What was I saying? I'm very sorry. I... Crumbs. Yep. We oh, were... well. <laughs> Whatever it was. We'll, we'll come back to it. Maybe it'll pop up yeah, again. Yeah, we'll, it may pop up in the that next happens. segment. You never know. <laughs> Two in the morning, I'll pop awake. That thing. <laughs> yep. About the film. Yeah. Oh, God. Yep. Have to save it for next time. Okay. <laughs> what other... We're coming up on... Coming up here. Um, what other, like... Um, Faring both ones that you and I kind of cite as New Year's uh -huh. movies yeah. uh, that kind of irk. Uh, in the past, one that I would run, which is almost like having a very, very dry wine on New Year's, <laughs> movie-wise, would be the Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Oh, God. I would, <laughs> with no MST3K, oh, no MST3K and... That's that's like serving oh. a very dry meat no. with no gravy. It's yeah, no, that's no, that's that's oh, that's and it became and it became a testament to me <laughs> to see if I could get through it. It's Was I drunk enough to be able to watch food. it and be able to get through it? Oh. And there were a few times where I just thank the gods I passed out. <laughs> Yeah, you know how drunk was I? If I'm if I'm drunk enough that I'm not drunk enough, if I can sit through the whole thing, if I pass out before, then I know I had a heck of a night, and that's generally wow. a lot of what. And that's terrible for that movie, but it's just it's it's you, as you can't watch that film sober. It's it's as dry as kindling, and it's such yeah. you can't. Watch it's it sober. such a. If you try, if you are underage or you do not imbibe, uh, only only try the MST3K version because yeah, only do that. You, you can't do it straight. It's like watching Manos Hands of Fate straight. You can't do it. Yeah, it's not possible. Yeah. Not even not even for professionals. I don't think. Yeah. There's, so, I. You know, I Santa uh, Claus conquers the Martians to me is right up there. In my mind, I see it the same way. A lot of people see the Star Wars Holiday Special. Uh, <laughs> That's also something you need to be drunk to watch. Although there was a there was a YouTube uh, film film edit film release. There was an edit that they put on YouTube. I haven't been able to find it again, but they actually cleaned it up by giving the Wookiee subtitles, perfect, and by really cleaning up a lot of. They did some editing here and there to where they they were able to pick up the pace of it <laughs> faster, more intense. And yeah, because that's exactly what George yeah. Lucas would do with the Star Wars: faster, more intense. But subtitling the Wookies actually gave them a lot better representation and agency. Uh, if you watch it with the straight version, it's it's actually pretty terrible that everybody is so treats the Wookies like they're all stupid. Or annoying, like even even Leia Organa, who is a diplomat, is treating these the Wookies like Chewbacca's family, like they're stupid, and she has to yell in English to make herself understood. And it's just the only fix for it I've ever seen has been subtitling the Wookies to give them back some agency and and uh, 
perspective. Yeah, and I didn't understand that either. I thought that they would have done that with the original release of it. Yeah. I mean, this was done maybe a year or two after the very first Star Wars came out. And I didn't understand why they didn't subtitle the Wookiees. You subtitled Greedo for a whooping five minutes or whatever he was on there. They have never subtitled Chewbacca that I can recall. No, never. So Never have. Han understands him and he understands everybody else, but he just never bothers to speak English. Yeah. Which is an interesting, you know, if, if Wookiees are capable of speaking English, this is an interesting choice on his part. He's just, you know, Han's his third dog and he's just to rescue. He's just not so sure about his friends and, you know, we're all at the dog park. Yeah. He doesn't see fit to talk to us. Yeah, that could be it. Uh, that could be it. So we're, we're, one of the things I was thinking about when you, when you brought up the subject is what would constantly, like we talked about what would be a good Christmas movie plot. Um, what I would expect of a new year's Eve film plot would be, um, you know, we have a deadline, we've got to do the thing before the deadline. Yeah. Jinx and Sue. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the real lesson was the friends we made along the way, you know, that kind of, that kind of very, very tired. Yeah. Tired plot line. I do find it interesting <laughs> that the two films that we do cite between the two of us that mm-hmm. are favorites for New Year's, for sure, are about racing or heists. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've always had kind of a dubious relationship with New Year's anyway. Um, <clears throat> ever since I was a kid, uh, trying to stay up late was 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 a goal. Yeah. Um, and I, I was rarely successful. I would usually fall asleep during the great race um, mm-hmm. and wake up periodically. Uh, and then, you know, drink my grape juice or whatever uh, at midnight and go to bed. Or um, when I was a little older and out on my own, uh, I went to like a handful of parties, but not really my thing. Mm-hmm. So... Um, they weren't really very fun. I was usually designated driver. Uh, usually there were house parties. So like, you know, the whole film expectation, getting really, really dressed up, going somewhere and being glamorous for a little while. I don't do, sure, yeah. I don't do these things very well. I feel, mm-hmm. uh, except in very, very particular circumstance as a dancer. Um, I can, I can pull off decent, but, um, if you if you want me to be like Western style pretty, I don't do that very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, Michael and I went to a, a work ho- a holiday party for years, and every single time I wore a costume because <laughs> I could not pull the you know fancy American woman in a dress and heels look. Uh, Office party for. For a terrible business. <laughs> Insert holiday here, Christmas, yeah. New Year's. Yeah, it was whatever. just like yeah, they had a, they had a Mardi Gras party once. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would show up in in like, I think one of my favorites was I borrowed some SCA garb from a friend and I went uh, at the height of fashion of like twelve hundred something. <laughs> it was it was great. I was I was all I was all Nordic, and. Um, you know, I've done that a couple of times, but, um, uh, so the, 
the media presentation of the classic New Year's shindig. You know, big glamorous party, champagne, dancing, music. Everybody's everybody's a little tipsy or, or good and smashed. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really done that. Or mm. if I've tried to do that, it's not fun for me. So like New Year's, New Year's comes and I'm like, that's great, but I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess I fall short of what I think it should be or what, what do you think? I'm, I'm blathering that. Uh, I've been to New Year's parties where it's been the office party with you yeah. and I have enjoyed myself and the company oh, and nice. everything. Oh, thank you. You do too. You oh, do too. Michael does Western good. He looks good in a tux. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Wow. <laughs> when I was younger and drinking <laughs> underage as a teenager, I there were, on occasion I would pull stunts for New Year's and surprise. <laughs> well, one of them that I did just people didn't think I could actually do this when the time came. But right whenever the ball dropped, there was once, and please excuse the language here, but what I did was is that as the ball was getting ready to drop, I ran to the bathroom, and right whenever the it was Happy New Year, first thing, I took a piss because <laughs> I felt like it was the best way to piss away the old year. Wow. Yeah, true story. I did that. I think I was about 15 or 16 whenever I was over at a friend's house. And of course. Unsupervised because, you know, the adults couldn't be bothered to we're, be watching the teenagers. We're coming up on a, a two-minute mark here. Yeah. So we're, we're definitely going to continue this conversation. <laughs> well, we minute. may move on to something else. But long maybe, story short, I mean, it, the time was had. Maybe ways to, to pass, <laughs> pass, pass the new year. <laughs> Uh, most people just make noise. <laughs> I did. I flushed. <laughs> well, I hope so. You know, wash my hands. I'm good about it. You know, hey, all the places that could have gone. I. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's one. There was another yeah. one that I pulled, which we can yeah, talk we'll about. Not to. not as graphic. Well, that's, okay. Yeah, we'll we'll be back. Okay. Stay tuned. Yep. You're <laughs> listening to Couch and Coffee Table. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> we'll be back after the break. <laughs> this is Couch and Coffee Table. Welcome back, everybody, to the second segment. Hello. So was, while we were breaking uh mentioned to michael most people just try to kiss each other on the ears what i had mentioned was i didn't really have i didn't have a girlfriend at the time or anything and i was basically just trying to invent my own fun for new years successful you know you gemini (laughs) (laughs) so new year's eve for me has always been a weird night the energies have always been just really really kind of strange for me same almost in the same vein as halloween but not quite it's the gap between the lunar and the solar years solar calendars it's always messed me up i don't know what day it is i'm full of cheese 
and I'm usually sleep deprived. Yeah. And I'm, I usually, I mean, like I say, New Year's hits me in kind of a weird element because it's just, it's, it's kind of hard for me to describe, but I think a lot of it just, you're changing over in such a dramatic way at midnight that there's a lot of anticipation, you know, how's this year going to end? How's, mm -hmm. how's this all going to happen? How's it, how's it going to come about? And a lot of times, you know, there's all this great big pent up expectation. Everybody's excited and they're doing all the things. And then all of a sudden, happy new year. And then after that, everything dies. Everything just dies. Everybody, you know. Probably also spent a lifetime trying to diffuse that anxiety. Because that, that lead up, like, I, I regard Halloween as a New Year's. There's another point in time that is also a New Year mark for me. So I think I've tried to bleed off that anticipation. Because the the agony of, uh, it has to be this or it's ruined. Or what will happen or it's ruined. Yeah, it's just, yeah. I, it's just awful. Yeah, I, I don't mm -hmm. I don't like doing that mm -hmm. and just everything has to be exactly this way and just I yeah. at one time when I was younger very much I, I wanted that but mm -hmm. as I'm getting older I feel like that I'm fighting with the natural forces that be whenever I do that. And so <laughs> right. because of that I'd rather <laughs> it's, it's just be and just yeah. a lot of times just let things happen for the night, you know, as far as where I'm concerned, you know, and just see where everything goes. So for the, uh, the house of Perry, what we try to do is watch something interesting and fun. Uh, generally it's, it's been one of the couple films we've mentioned recently. Um, we may do something a little different this year. I don't know. We've not really discussed it. Yeah. We haven't really discussed it in the past. Uh, a lot of times, we've done well maybe not we you and i but in right. the past me and friends have turned around and did basically the new year's endurance oh. similar to santa claus conquers oh. the martians only you do a marathon of something and mm. uh there's one year where i wanted to do the doctor who series the key to time uh, yeah, and yeah uh, there was one that really pushed the bounds. Uh, a friend of mine's uh, stepson wanted to do the Lord of the Rings. Yes. For uh, for the new year, That's and incredible. basically just he wanted to run all three: Fellowship mm -hmm. of the Ring, Two Towers, Return of the King, all in one night. You can do it. You can. If you're doing the theatricals, if you're if you're running the extended, do it. <laughs> if you're doing the extended, you gotta start that early. Yeah, that's all you're doing. Yeah, I, that's... I work this year, so I'm gonna miss. I'm gonna miss out on uh, some of the. We uh, we do try to make noise at midnight. Yeah. Um, we. Uh, I think we do noise making first, and then we kiss each other. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's, that's you get usually, out the shell. Yeah, I've got a conch shell that I can honk, and uh, I enjoy confusing our neighbors with that every year. Uh, we usually have some champagne. 
Um, we both enjoy a sweet variety, so that's generally a Moscato. Yeah. And this year, the, it has been discussed that we may have a charcuterie board. Or perhaps I will actually complete the pierogi I've got mm. half halfway done. <laughs> I've got the filling made. I need to I didn't make the rest of, of the yeah. pierogi. We've had charcuterie boards before, just not on New Year's. And right, yeah. I, I kind of like that idea just simply because the charcuterie board allows us just to kind of walk through and nibble. Yeah, that was that was another childhood thing that I really enjoyed. That was like the one of the few times of the year my parents would acquire chips and dip. Yeah. That was a rare treat growing up, so... Um, and that's so weird because that was like second nature whenever yeah. we'd have sandwiches out where I was at. You know, you always had the chips and dip. Kitty. And, you know, it's just, it's having those kinds of things and, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, cocktail shrimp was a, was a big one. Yeah. I came yeah. to cocktail shrimp much later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same. Well, same, same. They didn't really get it that often. I, I liked the fried shrimp when I was a little kid. Uh, well, that's that sounds nice. Just something that would let us nibble through the night, you know, cheese and sausage, and uh, a little bit of champagne. A oh, bit sure, of... yeah. Summer sausage, big thing. Yeah. This time of the year, some have it for Christmas, New Year's. Some have it for either or. Some have it for both. I mean, you yeah. know. Yeah, I know a lot of people want ham for Christmas. We don't really, or New Year's. Sorry, forget what I thought we had. Oh, that's all right. I don't really, uh, I honestly don't really focus on it. I guess it's just whatever we've got planned for that day. Yeah, yeah. It's not really, um, I must have this food New Year's Day. We were talking during the break about um, when you're supposed to clean the house around New Year's. You're not supposed to, I couldn't remember if it was clean all the house before New Year's or if it was don't clean the house at New Year's because you chase your luck out and uh yeah you had decided it was don't don't, don't clean don't because clean. you you throw away your luck so you throw away last year's good luck <laughs> although one could argue that 2021 did not have a whole lot of good luck it was better than 2020 yeah that's what i was about to yeah. say was if you if you compare 2021 to 2020 2021 was a lot better yeah we i actually i had a I had a lucky year in a lot of respects. And I think you did too. I, I think so. There was for both of us yeah. this year was very transitional. Oh, yes. <laughs> in a lot of different elements Wolf. and areas <laughs> and I'm I'm thankful that we were able to weather them and I feel like we're going to come out on the other side a lot better. Um so I'm, I'm very positive about the new year. And I'm looking forward to seeing what it brings. More of this. Yeah, yeah, more of this. Yes. A lot more positive chi. Uh, I mean, a lot more good energy for everyone we know, everyone yep. we don't know. Hopefully, the new year will bring a lot of great things to everybody's life out there listening, to people we know, to everyone, you know. It's not just having a safe new year, just... Have a good year. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really, I guess, my message right now with yeah. this is just have a good year. Yeah. You're out and about. Be safe. Be smart. 
wear a mask, get vaccinated, don't lick anything. <laughs> that's just that's just a go-to anymore. Okay. It's like don't don't lick things. Don't don't. You know. I think it's sad you have to. <laughs> right. Point that out. Right. But. Too many. Well, I, I work in a chem lab now, part of my day. So you just you can't lick things in a chemistry lab. Mm-hmm. It will go badly. <laughs> and, um, there's that internet meme. Can you lick the science? It's pretty pretty funny. <laughs> so because of course archaeology, you do actually lick the science occasionally to see if it if it's human bone, it'll stick mm-hmm. to your tongue a little bit. But you absolutely cannot lick the chemistry. It is a bad plan. Or perhaps it's more accurate to say you could lick the chemistry once. But maybe not again. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so. Uh, going back to uh, marathons for New Year's, I just wanted to point out uh, various different ones that I've also heard about through the years. A uh, big one for many years was the Sci-Fi Channel would run the Twilight Zone Marathon. Nice. And that was always colorful. Uh, the last time I tuned into that, I was over at a friend's house. And because I'm semi-well-versed in old-school Twilight Zone, they decided, okay, we'll just turn it over. And you tell us the episode and however much you can about it. Just, we won't check the schedule guide, nothing on the TV. Just, we'll flip it over and you you tell us what you see. Who's in it, What, and then we'll check the schedule guide to see if you're right. We've, we've done this. We've done this here since, and he has a 98% accuracy. <laughs> so. I, was, I was on point that night, which kind of scared mm-hmm. them when they... It was it was interesting because one of the people was a huge Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. Mm-hmm. And for him, he was sitting there going, you know too much about that series. And I had to turn around and look at him and go, you are a big fan of Buffy. You can't tell me that you know nothing mm-hmm. about that series, major plots, when they happen, mm-hmm. what, you know, the whereas and wherefores of this series. He kind of got quiet after that. <laughs> He kind of got quiet. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's fandom. Yeah. It's it's varying degrees of fandom. Yeah. And I felt like that, you know, yeah. what I, sh- I guess what I should have said was I should have looked at him and said, hey, don't attack my fandom. Well, <laughs> you aren't toxic about it and you're not a gatekeeper. No, like, no, no. All of the things that you've introduced me to, you're always willing to show me a thing I haven't seen, or if I fell asleep in the middle of it and I'm asking you, you'll you'll recap for me. Oh yeah. Um, you will introduce me to to things and you will never look down your nose if I if I'm not familiar with it. You're you're delighted to share the thing that you like oh, with, sure, me yeah. with other people. It's it's really refreshing. Um, yeah. Uh, an instance like that that I found interesting. Because watching it with you, I found that you did kind of need a scorecard to keep up oh, on yes. occasion was the Godfather. The Godfather series. I will always need scorecards. I've seen the original a couple of times now and it's a little easier, but yeah, it's just sometimes it's easy for me to lose track or the, um, the subtext and the tension 
in the film. Yeah. Like, you know, everybody will be giving, giving each other significant looks and I won't understand why. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's part of not understanding the hierarchy mm -hmm. of the organization very well. Yeah. So. And my first time through, I had similar looks and it was mm -hmm. reminding myself, oh, okay. Right. And so I didn't want to take it upon myself to explain the movie while it's running. Yeah. What I would have preferred was for you to watch it, but mm -hmm. there were times whenever you had questions and I'm sitting here going, she should have these answers yeah. because it helps set up for the next scene. Mm -hmm. Not so much tell you the whole story, but just give you an idea of what they're thinking and what they're saying yeah. and the subtext thereof up to that point. It's a, it's a deeper appreciation for the material. I, in a similar well, actually not in a similar situation, but just I really enjoyed watching the Star Wars prequels with you because I'm not fond of those films at all. A lot of people aren't. Right. But watching them with you, that helped me pick out different things that I hadn't noticed before that you yeah. enjoyed. Yeah. <clears throat> there there are a Excuse lot me. of aspects to that. And that, mm -hmm. that almost could be another right. discussion all on its own and might be years at some point. That discussion will take years. You Yeah, you, we'll have to break that up in chapters. That that itself will be its own Yeah, you know its Star own Wars. saga. <laughs> and I like both Star Trek and Star Wars. So Same. Um, that's that's a fun point. I don't I don't think they are mutually exclusive. I don't think they are either. Again, it's back to fandom. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you can like both. It's just mm -hmm. that for a lot of the Star Trek fans who were around when the original series aired back in the late 60s, I feel like they look at Star Wars as Kitty Fair. Well, it's it's a different it's a different dish, really. It um, is. Star Wars is always a little grittier. It's um when when Firefly came out, and I'm not that's not I'm not super fond of that particular series, but one of the things I liked about it was that things were dirty. Yeah. And, you know, they, they patched things together and things were not the top of the line and they broke frequently and people's outfits and wardrobes were mismatched and their, their cultures were patched together. Star Trek is very clinically clean and it's the 19, like the 1950s or 30s science fiction with flying cars and gleaming plastics. And Roddenberry created kind of that shining utopian you know we've solved all of humanity's yeah, darker yeah. problems yeah but not because like the original series yeah. explores so much of that if you can hear the rustling rattling um in the background that is one of our cats we have three and this is the middle fellow his name is edgar and he has been bouncing off the walls tonight i don't know what's gotten into him but he's restless tonight yeah he's 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 puked it out a few a few times, so we're both uh, we're both watching him. He's just yeah. destroying the living room right now. It's it's fine. Yeah. Um. So I I think there's room for both of that. That ideological perfection of like we don't have resource problems in Star Trek. We don't have uh, racism in the Federation. But Next Generation unraveled that a little bit. I think. And yeah. really tackled some some 
deeper themes and like humans are human, they're going to humans. So yeah, you're always going to have these problems and you're always going to have people who aren't going with their best natures. Yeah. And Star Wars, you just kind of start there. I mean, Han Solo is a scoundrel and not in a Errol Flynn swashbuckling kind of way. He's, he's a bit of a rotter and he has a redemption in the first film, but nobody, it's, it's kind of low key, you know? Yeah. It's he's, very low key. And it, a lot of times I hearken it to, uh, the Clint Eastwood man with no name, uh, spaghetti Westerns. It's mm -hmm. very much like that. I mean, Han Solo to me is a gunslinger. Very much so. He's just, he's an old gunslinger. Yeah. That's that for me on top of which he's a smuggler and yeah. scoundrel yeah. and all these other things. No yeah. <laughs> we don't even know what that is. But he's all these things because he's had to be. Yeah. Because he's had he's had mm -hmm. to have that to survive, yeah. and you know that's why a lot of times whenever he's getting shot at, he doesn't flinch. Yeah, he he just he doesn't. I mean, you see that with Greedo. Greedo's got the gun on him. Everybody else would be sitting there panicking and everything. He's leaning against the wall and he's unhooking his gun. He knows he's going to oh. kill him. He knows yeah. it. But he's got the poker face because he's a card player as well. And yeah. He's, he's, he's gonna he's gonna kill him. So there's there's spots for both of that. Because I mean the Kirk is absolutely Kirk. And um Kirk and Solo would have gotten in a fist fight and then bought each other drinks. Uh, I well, love the, uh, I don't mean to interrupt, but okay. um, one of the things I got a huge kick out of was we attend a, uh, we used to attend a science fiction uh, convention a long time ago. And in one of them, uh, there was a panel in which they talked about the swagger <laughs> of Kirk from Star Trek or Han Solo from Star Wars or even Captain <clears throat> Mao from uh, Firefly, the swagger. Yes. that these guys have you you couldn't put them all three on the on the same ship and just have the three of them they need an indian brave they need somebody to order around because you can't have a whole bunch you know too many chiefs no indian braves <coughs> excuse me you, you know where that's gonna go i do um, it's like having a whole bunch of generals with no yeah i'm not <laughs> entirely fond of that particular phraseology but I, I do apologize. I, I don't mean going. to. Yeah, yeah, I don't mean to uh, oh. offend anyone by that yeah. uh, terminology. I, I don't think you have or would, but I'm, I'm you know me. I'm hyper cautious. I I understand, and I don't. I don't mean to. I don't mean to say anything bad, and no. I don't want it to seem like I am unsensitive to that. I do apologize if no, it no. has offended someone. You, you are you fine. Know. I don't think anybody thinks that. Yeah. I, like I, I am just overly yeah. sensitive about it, and that's that's. I don't. I don't want to make it seem like I'm okay smacking you with a newspaper. Oh yeah, I'm not. Oh yeah, but too many, uh, too many cooks spoil the soup. Yeah, that's yeah. that's another good one. Uh, <laughs> other marathons that I've heard about. Uh, one of them is one that doesn't happen on New Year's, but I've kind of lifted the idea of it for New Year's. 
on Thanksgiving, uh, we have MST3K does their turkey marathon. And this is a really good idea, I think, but I'm, I'm a lover of MST3K. And uh, so for me, even if I can't catch the Thanksgiving one, I will try and run my own for New Year's because you could have a marathon of MST3K just about any old time, as far as I'm concerned, because it's a great show. You could do a Harryhausen marathon. We could do a Harryhausen, uh, any any Sinbad. kind of theme like that. Sure, yeah. Sinbad. Yep, Sinbad. Golden Voyage, I Have a Tiger. Yeah. It's the third one. Ah, there's Seventh Voyage, That's I Have a Tiger, okay. Golden Voyage. Yeah. I think yeah. is the, the trilogy there. Big fan of Sinbad. <laughs> yeah. Those really, films particularly. Um, the Ray Harryhausen, yeah. yeah. The, the other ones... The newer well, there's a there's an animated one that I've only seen once that wasn't terrible bad. It was not great, but I with, don't know who did it. I forgot. With the uh, Harryhausen, though, I'd want to run those three and then throw Clash of the Titans in because that's always been a favorite. Yeah. From 1981. Uh, I loved it when it came out. It's a little cringe now. Little cringe, but I I still enjoy it. I yeah. I, I always will. I mean, there's you there's a lot didn't of go around trying to convince your parents to change your name to Andromeda for like two weeks. So no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> no, I I just enjoyed the stories. I enjoyed yeah. the flying horse, Pegasus, mm-hmm. Bubo, the yeah. little owl. I mean, you know, and yeah. the creatures in it and everything. I mean, I you know but that's one i never played as a kid i never ran around pretending to be perseus or anything mm. now i will confess to whenever i was a wee little kid after seeing star wars i wanted to be a jedi of course you did. i really seriously did and that the knockoff lightsaber and everything i mean <laughs> you know i seriously you know <sighs> i wanted to be indiana jones so <laughs> Yeah, I didn't come to Indiana Jones till later. Yeah. I think secretly my brother my brother wanted to be a Duke boy. Yes. I can see that. But that's that's just Yeah. <laughs> I think I secretly he wanted to be that. a Duke boy. Or evil Knievel. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it differed. <laughs> I think it started out yeah. evil Knievel and then later on it moved around to him wanting to be one of the Dukes. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. So but these are some of the marathons and stuff. And I mean, most anybody, you can dream up any kind of theme right. for it. I mean, if you're feeling more horror, then sure, you could probably do Universal Monsters. Oh, yeah. It isn't specifically to oh, Halloween or anything like that, or Hammer. Alien series as well. Alien series. Uh, you know, there's, there's plenty of franchises out there to choose from at yeah. this point. Um, you could do a Godzilla if you wanted to, and just for New Year's, you just have Godzilla tearing up Tokyo numerous times. (laughs) Always, always good for fun. I guess, I guess what I'm what I'm taking away here is that neither one of us have a particular. Like, if I asked you what the perfect New Year's Eve film was, either thematically for New Year's or just really fun entertainment for new years i think you and i would have a little bit of trouble picking a a perfect thematic thing like 
Yeah, and a lot of that, I think, just it go it it differs from years from year to year. Yeah. It differs from year to year. For me, I never know what I'm going to be in the mood for because every year is different. Mm-hmm. Every every New Year's I take as differently, and just and a lot of it in the past and even now, I look to New Year's and deep down, I just want to have a good time and enjoy the night. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a a focus for me as well. What did we do last year? What was our Uh, 2020 to 2021? What did we do? 2020 was such a somber New Year's Eve. I think we tuned in and watched two guys walk around an empty New York Times Square. Right. And we watched uh, just, it was... It was pretty barren last year. It it was. Yeah. And uh it was it pretty much it, it felt like when you're you're getting ready to leave a funeral. I mean that that's what it felt like to me for twenty twenty ending and twenty twenty one coming in. It felt like mm-hmm. I was finally able to leave this long, drawn out funeral that had lasted three or four months at least. Almost six. It yeah. just. Twenty twenty was a was a year. Yeah. And we haven't quite planned out this year, except we know we're we want to get some nice. Yeah. Nice nibbling food and. Nibbling food. There's still going to be some cabbage in there because. Uh, cabbage, black eyed peas. Yeah. Yeah, something nice. that is. Cabbage and black eyed peas has been a standard for me for many, many, many years. And up until I met you, a lot of times what mm-hmm. I do is I just boil it up and the cabbage and then just go, okay, here. And just drop it and I maybe salt it a little bit and throw some black eyed peas beside it and have a plate. You've thankfully allowed <laughs> me to have a little bit more flavor to it and say, does it have to be this way? And yeah. I have to sit there and just kind of go, well, no, just as long as I have it, I, I think that's yeah, the it. only rule. And so you're sitting there going, okay, let's do this. And I'm sitting there going, oh, we're, oh, all right. Um, I've done that like okay. a ham and cabbage soup. I've done yeah. stir fry. We've done Brussels sprouts instead of. Yeah. So mostly I just have to prevent you from buying like four cabbages. Max, so, I'll, I'll go as two. Yeah. Max, I'll go as two. Even then, I'm always trying to talk you down. I know. We just need one. Those are huge. Trying to pull me off the ledge. A little bit. (laughs) Trying to pull me back from the ledge. These were a surprise. I don't think I'd had them before. I think you'd introduced me to them, and they they taste a little bit like mashed potatoes to me. Once they're really good and mushy, yeah, they're yeah. They're, they're almost mashed potato. Throw a lot of butter on them, and they butter, salt, and pepper. Oof, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've become more fond uh, as the years have waned. We've we've eaten them right before midnight, and then we've eaten them right after midnight. <laughs> yeah, because you used to wait and have them for breakfast the next day. Yeah. And... Well, what I found with that is, is that the longer I wait. Mm-hmm. The further in the year yeah. is whenever the luck and everything happens. Yeah. And so I've I've come to realize I can either wait six months or it can happen next week. <laughs> I'd rather it happen next week. Right. So and it's it's like I'll eat a a, a bean 
and a leaf. <laughs> it's, it's not like I'm powering down a giant meal. Yeah. Between five minutes, but um, it's, it's an interesting, I'm, I'm going to have to work at it this year because I will be at work, um, but we're coming to the end of things here. Yep. We're going to end this segment. This is Couch and Coffee Table, and we'll be right back in just a moment. After these messages. <laughs> yep. Okay, this is Couch and Coffee Table. We're back for our third segment now. And uh, we're going to lead off with a lot of different things. We've covered a lot of ground already in terms of just New Year's itself, what we like to run as far as New Year's movies. And some of our traditions for the holiday, our feelings about the holiday. Yeah. And during the break, I... I floated a question to Michael that I, I want to bring up again while we're talking with all of you. Um, if, if you were to design or write or film the perfect New Year's Eve holiday, either thematically or something you'd really like to see this particular year okay. for New Year's, what, how would you do it? How would you like, what would you pick? Well, I think if I were doing a New Year's, a New Year's sort of theme, I do. I would go back to the heist mm -hmm. theme because, be it Christmas or New Year's, because you're talking about a major holiday, mm -hmm. things are going to be a little bit more relaxed as far as security because everybody wants to get out and celebrate it. Which means that if you can trick the time locks or you mm. can do this or this with it. And I'm, I'm not talking about robbing all the casinos because number one, that's been done and there have been remakes for it. Mm -hmm. uh, several remakes, actually. Uh, there's been some done with men as the main characters, as far as a remake. And then they did some with women as far as yeah. a remake. And they, they've, they've hit both genders and, like I say, I'd want to do something that it's it's more of a local bank or it's a bank that's, yeah, it's heavily guarded. And, you know, Mr. Skinflint uh, <laughs> is the main guy who's the president of the bank. And you've got a handful of guys who are working stiffs who they, for lack of a better term, they just never were able to catch a break because of their address or whatever. Mm -hmm. But they've got the smarts, the street smarts, plus the engineering because of having to be in construction or plumbing or any any of your basic working class, working stiff jobs mm -hmm. that they understand the architecture of this bank and can get in there. Yeah. And basically, they're not looking at taking a lot, just enough for them. That that's, mm -hmm. that's the part I'd stress is this isn't a big money making thing. It's they're getting enough to where they can just basically survive. And Skinflint is not going to really, he, he's angry because someone's broken in, but by the same token, he's been told, look, um, 
as long as you can prove that you were robbed, the insurance is going to cover your bank. Mm -hmm. So you haven't really lost anything. The only thing that you've lost is <clears throat> integrity from the insurance company because they don't think your bank is a safe anymore. That's the most you've lost. So you'd kind of go with a Robin Hood approach. Almost, yeah. Yeah. You and I are both, we're both fond of the TV series. Uh, what's it called? Oh, with Elliot and uh, oh, Parker. The TV series that she's referring to is called Leverage. Thank you. Yes. So both of us were fond of Leverage when, when it came out. We haven't seen the new one. But... Haven't seen the new movie. I want to. I love the series. I, I love all the characters in it. It's it's a great show. I can't yeah. say enough good things. Good ensemble uh, cast. Yeah. Very, very good ensemble cast. Um, so the, the pivotal plot for you would be that the reason why the heist had to happen on New Year's was because that would be how the security was running. And that would be a good vulnerable spot. Yeah. When yeah. they change over for the new year. Uh-huh what you can have is some sort of pause or glitch in the system when it's changing over for the new year. Right. That's their window to which they can have it open up for a little while. And then whenever oh. it kicks back in, it'll just kick in regular time after they're gone. You don't mind setting it as a period piece, Y2K. Yeah, you could set it in Y2K because that would very much, everybody was afraid of it. And so everybody didn't know what was going on. And yeah, that would you be. And I both know computer programmers who were pulling 12 and 15 hour days. Yeah. Working on that particular problem, which is why we didn't have a problem and why people yeah. didn't think it was real. Yeah. And you could even have one of the people be a computer programmer mm -hmm. who wants to get even with Skin Flint yeah. because of something that happened with his parents or mm -hmm. something like that whenever he was a kid. And he knows all these other friends of his that they've been mm -hmm. suffering through with it. And he finally looks at him and says, let's, let's start out the new year. Right. As Bing would say, mm -hmm. or Frank, let's, let's start the new year. Right. And let's, yeah, let's just rob the bastard. <laughs> I guess I would, I've, I've seen a lot of like romantic new year's Eve films, maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> um, isn't isn't Bell Book and Candle? That takes place at Christmas at time, Christmas. but okay. it Bell Book and Candle is one of those that it falls into your diehard flavor of Christmas. Right. Yeah. It takes place at Christmas time, but it's not really a Christmas. It's film. it it's centered in and around Christmas, and I think Christmas is mentioned here and there, but it's in the same vein as a diehard or lethal weapon, for that matter. Tendentally related to Christmas only by proximity. Yeah. You, you see some Christmas decorations hung up and yeah. they talk about it here and there, but you know, and it's you see really some of it. Thematically it's, it's hard to pay, peg then, you know, because you don't really want to do romance centered around New Year's because the, the time, the time limit would be challenging as a writer to really hash out. You'd have to either yeah. start it at New Year's, you know, your protagonist meets somebody and then throughout the 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 following year, yeah, that's they what I was thinking. Encounter their their uh, person of interest and yeah, keep meeting them at these functions and keep, yeah, you know whether they're struggling with uh, 
how do I talk to this person or I have, I'm how do they feel about the relationship in general? Yeah, how do they feel know, about this conflict person over here? I have job stress or, you know, something, 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 something. Um, Until where finally the next new year's they meet up again right. and they actually get together. Yeah. And at that point, the final line should be from the guy. Let's not wait so long for our third date. Right. Right. Or you can even have the girl say that either uh -huh. one. Just so also, it's a good it line. It doesn't have to be a heterosexual pairing either. It doesn't. So it really uh, doesn't. But yeah, that would that would work. That would work. I, I would want to cover a lot of different things. You could you could pass the Betchel test pretty easily there because you'd be dealing with a character and their own lives. Not so much like you could very neatly dodge the whole films I grew up with problem of let's do a makeover. So you'll be appealing to a man. You could, you could pretty neatly dodge that in a, in a modern yeah. setting. So that's, that's good. Yeah. Plus you, <sighs> I, I want to dodge that particular uh, trope that you just mm -hmm. mentioned. And I'd want to be able that you see in this year, how much mm -hmm. they change yeah, and how much, they begin towards the end of the year to really start to look at one another. And Although, honestly, what would be interesting to, to take that trope and stand it on its head would it be to have two characters meet New Year's the night or the day before one of them actually embraces their trans transition. Mm -hmm. So you have a character, they meet them as one gender. To the intervening year, you have this character development arc where this person embraces their identity, sheds their dead name, gets accepted as themselves by their community, and then they re-meet this person as their authentic self. Yeah, that, and then, that's an interesting way to go. I also want to say that in all honesty, I don't know if I would be able to give that kind of story justice to write yeah it, 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 it doesn't need to be written by a cishet woman absolutely yeah and it, <laughs> and i'm nice i'm very much i'm very much a a straight man all the way mm -hmm. heterosexual so i'm kind of like okay um yeah. you know yeah when you start talking about those sort of things i'm just kind of yeah. like i wouldn't be able to give the the story the kind the kind of presence that it needed, yeah. the kind of characterization that those yeah. characters would demand. Well, I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't want to take up space for trans authors or trans filmmakers. Yeah, that's definitely I something. Want, I want people to have roles. I want trans people to have roles where they Absolutely, are the yeah. main character and you do explore those themes and you do have a story that outlines this. Just as I want, I want, gay people to have a voice i want people of color to yeah. have a voice in that i want yeah. that, more of that plenty of writers out yeah. there that so. cover both of those mm -hmm. descriptions and everything plenty of gay writers plenty of african-american writers mm -hmm. out there that you know yeah any and all are represented and so it's just kind of like put the spotlight on them you know let them write their stories think of it occurred to me also, we haven't really discussed anything like New Year's Eve resolutions or no, any, any film trope that makes use of that, because I know several of them do, but I can't mm -hmm. bring any to mind. 
I don't think moment. I don't think I've made a New Year's resolution in years. Mm, good Lord, I almost always do. Do I fall through with them? No, but <laughs> I I quote the line from Mary Poppins: "It's a pie crust promise, easily made, easily broken." Yeah, and so and most of the time, I, last time I did any kind of resolution as far as for New Year's or what have you. I made a New Year's resolution and I would say easily within before the night was over for New Year's Day, before the sun rose for New Year's Day, I'd already broken it. <laughs> I'd already broken it. Yeah. Or I, I'd sit there and or I'd break it and I'd sit there and say, I'll try and work on this tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then the next day when I'm reminded of it, I'm sitting there just kind of going, I, I've already broken it. It doesn't matter anymore. Well, you and I, you and I goal set differently, I think. Well, it, that too. <clears throat> I mean, as a teenager, I mean, I understood wanting to have goals. And then there were some that it's just like, if, if I am, if I'm raising that bar, raising the bar that high mm-hmm. and I can't hit it, then I need to look at where I'm setting the bar so that I can meet it. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I had to work on for years. Changing the subject slightly. Okay. You and I, we've, we've pitched a heist film. We've talked about a romance. Um, what would a science fiction, a New Year's science fiction, would it be like a, sort of like a Star Trek thing beginning a five-year journey? Would it be like... I'm not sure. Breaking ground on the project or the, you know, here's our intrepid research team. And they're going to go to Mars and do Martian things. Here's, whoops, the event horizon just showed back up. Yeah. Let's go, let's go take a look at that for a bit. Yeah. yeah. Happy New Year. Okay. Call Sam Neill. Call Sam Neill. Um, <laughs> I thought for Christmas for a long time, there was a story I wanted to write in that respect in which, I half wanted to torque Anne Rice's story of interview with a vampire, but instead someone interviews Santa Claus. Does he turn out to be a blood-sucking immortal fiend? No, no. He's just someone who's lived a very long time thanks to the powers that be, and he, he goes through and they... You have two people interviewing him. One of them firmly believes in Santa Claus and the Christmas spirit and everything. Mm -hmm. And the other one doesn't. And so he asks him objectively, you know, how is it that you can do all of this in one night? And then he goes into, well, there's various different time zones. Not everybody celebrates Mm -hmm. Christmas. Uh, You also have... And he goes into it, and then initially what happens is he gives the biggest hook on it and says, I also am able to mess with the time continuum, so the night doesn't end until I'm done. The night just doesn't end until I'm done. And that was one that I always thought, was an interesting idea. I pulled it from somewhere else and I'll be quick to sit there and cite, okay, these elements I'm pulling from a lot of different sources. 
and a you know horror film that was santa claus based and it was like the character of santa claus was condemned to serve humanity on one night because past crimes yada 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 and this christmas he's you know broken the covenant or some such rot so you talking about the bill goldberg movie i don't know maybe i've never seen it whatever it is oh i've just heard of it okay what's the bill goldberg movie it i believe it's called santa's sleigh and Mm -hmm. it is about a creature of darkness who basically has to do 500 years or a thousand years or something like that because he lost a game to an angel and so he has to community service community service and now we're coming up to where he served his time and so now Mm. he's able to go out and go back to what he was doing Mm. that sounds about right and it's it's an interesting uh film it's done with very squarely tongue-in-cheek if you're Mm -hmm. looking for uh, something that embraces the yuletide spirit and you're if you're if you're used yeah if you're used to jimmy stewart's it's a wonderful life or marine o'hara's miracle on 34th street or any of the you know your christmas in connecticut or with barbara stanwick i believe it's barbara stanwick if you're if you're looking at stuff like that this is not your movie this is not your movie at all. If you're one of those that love to laugh and point at people's parts and think the ref is sheer genius comedic timing and embraces the holidays and everything, which to a certain degree, yeah, the ref is a really good Christmas movie. It really is. Then this movie's for you. Santa Slay, Bill Goldberg. I will I will say just just for anyone listening that Michael has a very good good ability to call when a film is or is not appropriate for me personally. I I curate my media fairly carefully sometimes and oftentimes with a new film he'll watch it before I will and then um will we'll recap a little later and sometimes he'll look at me and just say, you know this I don't think this is your film. And he'll mention a key part, and I'm like, you know, you're right. Thanks. <laughs> um, but we have had a handful that have just really we watched together, mm-hmm. and neither one of us has seen it. But it's still one of those that's out of the park. I think one of the ones just in the recent, in recent, in the last couple of months or so, oh. last few months, oh. probably would be Coco. Yes, Coco surprised me. It surprised me too. I. I really had a good time watching it, yeah. and I crying like a two-year-old. <laughs> I know, <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, "What brought this on? Why am I? Yeah, why have I got all the feels for uh, all animation?" The feelings. There's another one coming up that I'm. I'd like to see the uh, Enchanto or Enchant something or other. Yeah, yeah. Don't know how to say it. Apologies. Uh, I want to say Encanto, but I don't. That's probably right because it's <laughs> certainly not what I verbaled out a minute ago. But, yeah, um, I'll, I'll be looking around, hoping to first chance we get to take a look at that. Semester is finished. Yeah, I would like to catch up on a lot of the things that I've missed. Yeah, because now I have brain. 
I know we talked about doing a Lord of the Rings uh, marathon yes, at I was some so point. So tired on the nineteenth. And you know, I also just kind of it doesn't have to happen New Year's, but I figured it's something we'll talk about mm-hmm. because you know, with scheduling and things like that, you know, hopefully we can we can have some marathons yeah. of our own scheduling permits and mm-hmm. getting adjusted to a new work schedule. Yeah, new, new timing. Yeah, new job, new year, new me. Woo. Yeah, I'm looking <laughs> forward to the new year, and hopefully it will bring adventure. Hopefully it will bring good tidings for oh. all. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> good tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. <laughs> uh. But mm. yeah, adventure, <laughs> adventure, yay, adventure. I'm hopeful anyway. I, yeah, you know, yeah, I say that, but you know, some peace and quiet would be appreciated. We don't have mm-hmm. to live in interesting times constantly. I would, yeah, well, do. We, we do live in interesting times. 2020 proved that, yes. Less of less of twenty twenty. Yeah, we we don't have to go so that. Twenty twenty two is nicer. We we don't have to be that radical. It's no. okay. It's okay. We we can we can have oh some peace my. and quiet. We we can have peace. Yeah, it's okay. That would be good. That would be good. But we are coming up on the end of this segment, and I think this yes. is our final segment. So yes. wrapping up. Uh, we basically talked a lot about New Year's and not just movies, but traditions and superstitions and yeah, food we like to eat. Rambling quite a bit on my part. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. But I guess in closing, what I'd like to say is I hope everybody has a safe and happy New Year. And... um emphasis on the safe because I know everybody's going to want to get out and celebrate because we really didn't get the chance to do it last year. No. So everybody's going to be out in force. Yeah. To kind of be sensible. Yeah. And I don't like the silence. Yeah. Mm. And I just want to say that I hope everybody has a good one and I hope to be still doing this next year, and I hope that I'll still have a lot of people listening in, and I hope that those of you that are listening in continue to take part and listen in and, you know, just stop by and sit down on the couch, take your shoes off, put your feet up, and just give us a listen. Yeah, have a cup of coffee or tea or whatever. Yeah. Pet a cat. Pet the dog. We don't have a dog. Maybe you have a dog. But hopefully 2020 is going to be a brighter year for everyone. Hopefully it's got good adventures and good food and good company. And good enough so that when when some dark times come, you can still remember the good. Yeah. Good balance thing. Yeah. I am hopeful about that. And 
I guess we can call this our first New Year episode. Yep, it is. We'll do our second New Year episode next year. Our Christmas one turned out to be our 30th episode. Really? Yes. Yeah. Fancy pants. Yep. <laughs> Christmas Eve show was our 30th one. That's neat. I'm I'm really I, I like the idea that, you know, we started just a few months ago. Yeah. And in that few months, we managed to lay out at least 30 episodes. Be fair, you have managed to lay out 30 <laughs> episodes. I am along for the ride and I'm <laughs> delighted to be here, sir. But I'm happy to have you here and I'll always want you here. Yay. <laughs> Yay. All right, we're getting mushy. <laughs> yeah. Time to wrap this up. Well, everybody, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We'll count down with you in just a little while, and we'll drink a toast to friends and family. And to absent friends. Absolutely. Take care. See you next year. This has been Couch and Coffee Table. Bye. Bye. <laughs>